Welcome back to episode 8 of the Fearless Show. I am your host, Mr. Dario Hunt, and my partner in crime as always, Mr. Dries Walker. Say what up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Thanks for, you know, all the support. Uh, This is episode 8, Fearless Show. Yep. So, I mean, this week, I've been thinking about things that I wanted to talk about, and... I really want to talk about what's going on with all these, you know, reboots and going back in time and all this nostalgia. Uh, they just released the new trailer for I think Beauty and the Beast. They're doing live action for that. Um, a bunch yeah. of these old video games. I don't know if you ever played in like Crash Bandicoot, but they're like rebooting that. Rebooting and Crash. Then you wow. know, you have, then you have all the movies getting getting the reboot treatment too. So. The new Power Rangers coming back, all that. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. So what do you think? You think that's a a good direction for us to be going in? (laughs) I don't know, man. I feel like every like ten years they just like start redoing stuff from twenty years ago. Like like I feel like there's just a, a resurgence of that every so often in the industry, but I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. So, I mean, a lot of the, some of these originals were, like, good enough. And then, like, to do them again and, like, they would have to be really, really well done to be done again and better than the first ones, you know. Because, like, I think a lot of some of the very first projects, the original ones, uh, stand out, mm-hmm. you know, as something that should still be checked out and experienced, not, like, re rethought and re like like some things are not gonna be the same yep. obviously and like the departures are where like I think things might get lost but I think a lot of them are working knowing that these other uh stories have been told you know because I mean like we're watching super I mean Spider-Man be mm-hmm. redone you know like all these regular comic book characters have like seemingly been redone you know it seems like the whole Marvel X-Men is like trying to figure out where they want to go. They don't really know like what part of the timeline yeah. they want to stay in. They keep like kind of doing over like, oh, you know that one movie yeah. doesn't count anymore. Yeah, they retconned a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's weird. There's some cool stuff coming out though that's not like a total sort of like redo, but like I don't know if you heard about the Dark mm-hmm. Tower. Uh, Stephen King, but the Dark Dark Tower never had it. You know, it's on movie, so it's a little bit different. No, but I think it's weird that a television series. Yeah, it's a weird format the way they're doing it. Yeah, but you know, back to what you're saying, like Power Rangers. I mean, it's kind of their format. Power Rangers have been redoing shit. Like, I feel like they've had like a hundred different Power Ranger casts. Like. Since the original one, I don't know how many caught on, but like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if there's ever going to be a no Tommy, you know, of the Power Rangers, you know, that, that green and white ranger kind of shit. But, um, I don't know. It might be a little lazy. What do you think? Well, I guess I'll be the old head in the room and be like, the reboots are some pure bullshit. They're just shit. <laughs> I, I honestly can't remember one reboot where I was like that was a great decision for them to go back to the original and just redo um <laughs> I mean I get you saying like there's always been a form of kind of rehashing and going back so old but I think because of like technology nowadays and just how how easy it is to go back and redo stuff and just give it a new you know gloss of sheen and obviously mm-hmm. the special effects are going to look better than when it came out that it's just so easy that right. they know that they can cash in on it. And I, I don't think that, like I said, I, I, don't, I can't remember one good reboot where I was like, that was worth them going back and, you know, giving a lot of people a bad impression of, you know, the franchises and whatnot. Because right. this week, you know, a couple of days ago, they just re, uh, released a trailer for The Mummy. And the mummy is a reboot of the original. Well, I won't say the original, but Brandon Fraser's uh, mummy series. 
right. and this time it's got. But Brendan Fraser's you know, not um, in it. Tom right? Cruise not in is the, the star now. <laughs> what? And, you know, it's kind of it's. You know how the Mummy was. It was some parts were serious, but it was still more like. Kind of cheesy kinda joking, cheesy, more like, like you know, like uh, Indiana Jones type of towing the line between being serious yeah. and like playful and stuff, you know. And this one is mm-hmm. full on like serious, like adult, like action, huh. basically. More of an action movie than mm. than I'll say the sci fi uh, mystical one of the Mummy, which I actually really liked the original, the first two Mummies. With Brendan Fraser, I actually really like those a lot. Yeah, I thought they were right. actually they were pretty funny. Pretty cool you know, yeah, I didn't even hate the like CGI with no, the mummies. At honestly. the time, they were great. Most yeah, of the, the time, time they I were hated great. it. I thought it was dope. Yeah, man, but I don't know about this news. Like, honestly, just hearing Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise in it, it's and, kinda and you know, there's the running scene. As always, he's he's, he's running in it, <laughs> and doing yeah, right? a crazy stunt with the plane. Like, life. It's gonna, yeah, he's got a few gaps yeah. to clear. Like, it's, you know, it, <laughs> get it, his parkour on and then beat up some it looks guys. Looks like, like a like... fucking supernatural <laughs> Mission Impossible movie. To be honest with you, there you go, Jack Reacher. <laughs> and like, like I said, like I just don't. Can you name any reboot that you? Personally, that was like, I was good. I'm sitting here trying to think of some. I like. I feel like there is something. I just I'm having trouble trying to bring it up because there's a lot. So I'm like, what is so Spider Man? That was probably the quickest turnaround for reboot. Um, I think ever mm-hmm. for a whole franchise. And then yeah, that's crazy. I won't say the first. The first Amazing Spider Man. I mean wasn't the Hulk. How many times have they been doing the Hulk? They've been they, they made like um, well first the Hulk was a TV <laughs> show then they made the movie and then I think what's his name Ang Lee did the one uh, like early two thousands which was absolutely terrible with the giant Ooh, dogs and whatever and like twenty minutes of yeah. him actually hulking out uh, and then they did the the relaunch with um what was his name Edward, Edward Norton. yeah Edward Norton that one was okay yeah. it was okay right. Yeah, but then Edward Norton wasn't in the Avengers. Mark I mean, for me, Marvel, look. But Mark's not going to get a movie. I <laughs> mean, for me, I'll take out. I'll just take comic book movies, like, basically out of the conversation because comic books are kind of built, yeah. like, their whole structure is built on rebooting, like, just in their medium alone, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always retconning stuff in their books off top. Yeah. Like, people die and come back all, like, brand new again, all, like, every 10 years or so. Maybe even less than that now. So I'll take comic books out of the con- out of the conversation. Outside of comic book movies, can you name a rebooted franchise that like goes back to the original and tries to like redo it in a new way for a new generation? <sighs> well, Batman. I mean, but that's a comic, nope, comic book. So take, that the, think- take that out the conversation. <laughs> what about what about Planet of the Apes? Okay. I'll give you that one. I didn't even think about that. I'll give you that one. <laughs> that was like one. Or that was like, a legit, okay. like, good <laughs> reboot. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some sketchy ones, like Terminator. God, terrible. That one's like a little, like, what terrible. are you doing? Like, uh, and I love I love the first two Terminators, and that one was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. What was the other one? With, the other one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Total Recall. I used to oh, love yeah. that movie when I was a kid. It was so, like, it was fucking weird. There's, like, a, a little monster, like, talking out of his stomach, and then they redid it with, um, what's his name? Colin Farrell. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Don't bother. Don't ruin. Don't ruin <laughs> the memory of, of Total Recall. Terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, no, other than that, I don't, I don't really think, <laughs> I don't think re- reboots have had too great of a success. So like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if it's just. I would say if this technology was around earlier, they would probably do the same thing in past generations. But this generation specifically is, like, almost every month there's a whole another reboot <laughs> franchise. 
right? They're like, remember that one? Yeah, it's funny. It brings you back to my, you know, We're going to make it dope uh, for you to watch. (laughs) Where their whole season this year is about, you know, people falling for the trap of nostalgia and the member berries and Mm -hmm. everything. So it's a weird trend for me. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they start pulling out more, like, 80s movies. They're definitely killing... Because, like you were saying... The 90s child uh, childhood, you know, movies and TV shows, they're definitely doing that, like, crazy right now. Yeah, I think they... Honestly, I think it would be a smart move for them to pick the movies that are, like, just before our childhood. Like, like right before Millennials, like movies we heard of but were like maybe a little bit too outdated uh-huh. like i could see them maybe doing a little shop of horrors kind of cool now uh-huh. or like or even like a love potion number nine for the millennials now like doing just weird like cult classics that aren't really like crossover for the new like millennials those those might be cool movies to reboot but those are like dramas more like weird you know like did you like all the, um, ones that the star trek about. reboot Kind of, it was like a yes and no situation. You know, there were things that I was like trying to figure out, but it was cool because they were kept paying homage, you know, like the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, you know, they would have a lot of like, you know, like when Scotty's introduced or anytime he's on screen to like paying homage to like the idea of Scotty and not so much like the character of Scotty. All right. Like, which is weird, but I don't know. All right. I, liked, I just Googled. I like um, parts. I never like a whole movie front to back, but. Yeah, there's very few front to back, but I just Googled, you know, some reboots that actually worked on it and see what came up. Hmm. Obviously, they got the X-Men First Class. We were taking comics out of the movie. They got the Star Trek one listed, which hmm. I will say it's so-so. I mean, it was above yeah. average. Above average. It was, it was, yeah. I don't think he the liked, second one I did terrible, not um, but... like that much. Mm-hmm. The third one I have not actually seen. Um, Sherlock Holmes, I will say that was actually good. Yeah, actually, I, I like I like Sherlock. I like Sherlock, and I like Sherlock because of you know Robert Downey. Yeah, exactly. He was dope in that. Um, the Muppets. They have Man of Steel, <laughs> but comic book. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jurassic World, but I don't really consider that a full-on reboot. It's kind of an extension, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. And it's one I didn't like anyways. Um, <laughs> Mad Max, oh, Fury Road. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Mad I would say that's maybe oh, the pinnacle was... of like rebooted franchise for me. Yeah, that actually Mad Max was, was better, cool. in my opinion, than the original one. Yeah, I think the new one was like trying to do a little bit more like social commentary. It actually had a story. I don't know if you actually seen a lot of people. I don't, I don't think I've seen actually the first Mad Max, and it was interesting, but it wasn't really that good, and it wasn't that complete of a movie. Like it was mm-hmm. like an independent film, and you could kind of, you can definitely tell, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to the other ones with like the Thunderdome and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think that's hmm. probably my pinnacle is Mad Max Fury Road. It's up there, definitely up there. You know, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything else. Everything else is shit. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that's really. Oh, Disney, they're just gonna cash in on everything. Oh, uh, I think um, the Magnificent Seven is a remake. That um, new one that Denzel Cowboy Gunslinging. One. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think that's a remake from uh, a '60s film. Called the Magnificent Seven. It so, is. It is. Since, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, but I mean, because Denzel's in it, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'll probably like that one better than the original because you know 
it's in the sixties. <laughs> but that's not to say sixties movies aren't good. There's some there's some good movies in the sixties, but I don't I don't know if they got the sort of culture clash quite accurate. Mm. There's, it's like a it's like a group of oddball gunslingers in the West that are like sort of outcasts and shit. So I don't know I don't know how well they could tell that story in the sixties. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a fan of all these these reboots, man. They are some hot garbage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it being a reboot is probably why it's not like doing better, <laughs> like than it is. Like it's, I think it's bound by. I think that could work a little better, just because um, I don't think that many people were even alive or even know about the original. You know, right? So yeah, it's kind of like yeah. A lot of these reboots now are like going back to people's, you know, for us like ten years ago. Yeah, that's what's so confusing. I just like I feel like I just saw this movie, you know. Yeah, but like, what about like Karate Kid when they brought back Mr. Miyagi? And shit? I actually didn't hate that movie. Surprisingly, I was very skeptical. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be trash. I was like, oh, they redid it. I was very, like, I was oh, very skeptical. Of course, Jaden's in it. Like, you know, I was like, oh, this is gonna be some fucking. They ruined it. They ruined it, you know. <laughs> then I watched it, and I was like, oh, so that's what it was, <laughs> you know. I did. It was, like, the same exact story, except, like, kind of unique in its own way. <laughs> I mean, for me, like, Disney, like, they're doing, like, Beauty and Beast now. Mm-hmm. And I, it just seems like they're going through every one of their franchises and giving it a live-action reboot. Um if they touch Lion King, I mean, I'm, I'm done with them. <laughs> they touch Lion King. Oh, man. What if they redid Aladdin or some shit? It's like, coming. That would be crazy. Oh, really? I think it's coming. Is it live action? I think so. Oh, uh, that's... They're probably gonna... Oof. I think they're gonna go through every one of their major <laughs> franchises and give it a live action. Damn. I mean, I seen it with Tarzan. I saw what they were doing with Tarzan. Cause, yeah, because we, we got the Tarzan. What else we got? The we had the Jungle Book. We had um, yeah. Do we have Snow White already? Um, in a in was it Disney? Format? I don't know if it was Disney, but we had well, Cinderella. Like Maleficent, Maleficent or yeah. whatever is is from Sleeping those Beauty. stories, and then there's Sleeping. Be- yeah, um, and, and Maleficent uh, was garbage. <laughs> the only one that was it decent was, like, was Jungle Book. It felt like a short story. Yeah, the Jungle Book was cool. It was it was cool. But like I said, if they touch Lion King, just have to be done. Like, <laughs> uh, for real though, like that would be the worst. They already like did the sequels, Matata which were <laughs> just so. T- uh, uh, my niece. <laughs> My, they tried so hard with those. You know what's crazy? My niece loves uh, Lion King too. And oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has some catchy songs though. I won't lie. Look, I watched. Lion she likes. I think like, she likes it more than Deception. Disgrace. Like, I think I she likes it more than the original. <laughs> and, I think it's that song, bro. It's, it's that song. And then everybody like Kumbaya's at the end. Look, so I got so like... angry at my brother. I said, "Why would you even buy this? And why would you even show your child this movie?" This is blasphemy. Oh, uh, come on. I think I'm going to uh, go in there while she's sleeping and, you know, hide it somewhere. Probably throw it in the trash. <laughs> Your mind can't be tainted by yeah, like, too <laughs> My brother, you should know better than that. Oh, man. That's like that's like right. me showing my kid uh, Sandlot 2 before I show him Sandlot. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> I'd know? be so mad at you. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like what does he know Sandlot 2 for? Like, that would definitely be hidden, like, or thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's blasphemy, uh, my brother. Yeah, he lost some points oh, for that man. one. <laughs> I mean, but what about all the spinoffs from Beauty and the Beast? What if they t- tried to do, like, Beauty and the Beast 2 or 3 or some shit? Like, I don't like think the they'll Christmas go that special, far, I don't think... I'm not sure how much their live-action movies do for them. I think their mm-hmm. animated movies still do the most. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I hope not, but let's see. Maybe I'm just old head <laughs> who hates all this new younger shit and all these new reboots and stuff. But 
Yeah. I'll be the old head on Back this in one. My day, say, like, this shit stories is garbage. were told for the first time. Like, <laughs> I just wish they would. I just feel like it's getting less and less creative. Yeah. Just. I mean, but that's why in. you gotta have people like like childish, like uh, <laughs> Donald Glover coming in writing some shit. You know. There's no, I always have faith in uh, Quentin Tarantino, man. Oh yeah, he, but isn't he about to retire? That's he's right. do like he one says, or two more movies. Think he's going to? I don't think so. Hey, I don't think he know, can man. stay away, man. <laughs> too much. He loves him too much. I don't know, man. I think he's just gonna. Yeah, you know, you're right. He probably can't retire. I don't think he can. I mean, Stephen King could retire. He should have been retired, but Stephen King can't. hasn't retired. <laughs> he can't. It's like how old he is writes that a dude? Book a like week, he wrote. Man. He wrote like over sixty novels that were adapted into he had, yeah, he like write, he on writes screen a book shit. A week, man. Like who the fuck who do, who do you know writes a novel that gets turned into a TV series or a movie more than more than ten times, more than twenty times? Like this dude is crazy. He writes a lot, writing. and his books That's are not like small books. Like I read the Dreamcatcher, it's like thirteen hundred pages. You know, yeah, like. We just, we mentioned the Dark Tower. That what, that's not one book. Like that? so that's crazy. eight. I think it's eight books. Yeah, so crazy. It's like a seven or eight book series. So that's what I'm telling you about. When this movie comes out, it's gonna only it's gonna cover like three of the books, maybe or like. But it's really you know, not it's even gonna, about. It's like it's not even about the books. It's about introducing the sort of like the universe and the, world, and the yeah. characters. But like, yeah, the book's so extensive that that's like, a smart move. It's too much to try to cover in movies, man. It's crazy. Nah, but well, yeah. if you haven't seen it, go watch the Mummy trailer and just tell me like that. <laughs> when I first watched it, I was like, "Yeah, is this the Mummy franchise?" Like, I wasn't sure if it was connected to the franchise. And then, like, I read right. the description. It was like, "Yeah, it's the like reboot of it." And I was like, "Wow, you went like mm. the whole." opposite direction of what makes it so great you know right so yeah it was cool because it was like not taking itself too so seriously. seriously it was fun it was a fun movie yeah looks so like, like when serious. there are serious parts you're like oh they just got serious you like, like a serious not like, like apocalyptic movie like seriously yeah, yeah i mean but tom cruise loves that shit you know that war of the worlds yeah like, i mean they <laughs> cashing in but which um, i fucking hated but <laughs> that was a reboot. Boy, it was a reboot. Yeah, which I fucking hated. See, Re- look, I didn't hate it up until like the ending. I really hated the ending. Oh, the ending was good. And it wasn't even the fact that they died from like the biological just being on our planet. Okay, well, yeah. whatever. It was the fact that his son was still alive, <laughs> and like yeah. his whole family just walked out of like a fucking uh, Thanksgiving ad from their house. Like his nothing entire happened. family, his entire family, he didn't no. lose anybody. No way, their whole block like was like just clean. Like, like, like how's there a war? The world, millions of people die. He gets separated from his kids, and his son literally ran head on into a full army of invading aliens that you just saw murdered. And like, and almost never and used a gun before. Just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna be in the army now. Like, it was, <laughs> fuck that, and nah, fuck that. Yeah. But speaking of trailers, another trailer did drop: <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I did. I, it caught me off guard because I was like, I didn't. I don't think I'm gonna like it. But it, the trailer made sold. me laugh. The trailer made me laugh. I was like, wait, this kind of looks good. I was I'm like, oh, fucking sold. I can't wait for that movie to come out. <laughs> fucking baby yeah. group, man. No. Oh. My God, that shit is intense. Like, I am Groot. You know, Groot. you know how many. I am Groot. No. You know how many toys he's gonna <laughs> goddamn sell with that movie? Like, yo, Baby Groot is the shit. Baby Groot, man, shit. I wish I had some stock in that that product sale because it's gonna be Baby Groots all over Everywhere. the place. Everywhere. Everywhere. T-shirts, little keychains, stuffed animals. I'm sure they're gonna go crazy with Groot. <laughs> so, so we were talking about you know you're doing some art stuff, you know coming up today. Um, yeah, I've seen what's going on around the art world, and there's like the was it the art art Basel Basel however you say it. Yeah, Miami. art Basel Basel Miami. 
Yeah, our Basil week is a, uh, or I guess it's not. It can be longer, than a week, but it's really just a week. But it's like uh, all the art fairs, basically, just like a big art festival almost. It's like basically imagine a bunch of warehouses with like different thematic scales like some some of these fairs are so like art basel is its own thing but then there are other fairs that happen at the same time so there's this one art fair that's um primarily african-american art it's called the prism art fair and that one's going on there's um uh what's his face swiss beats he put on his no commission art fair you guys have probably heard where basically he curates artists that he thinks are dope and um, provides the sort of gallery atmosphere to display and sell work. And all the work that's sold, the proceeds go straight to the artist. Instead of like with these fairs in other galleries where they have like a 50-50 type relationship, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so yeah, Art ba- uh, Basel is like a huge thing, you know. Like I'm sure Jay-Z and all those celebrities are out there like, you know, Pharrell, obviously. You know, all those guys, they go out there and shop and shit. So would you compare it to, like, Fashion Week, basically, for the art world? Yeah, but the thing... What's funny about the art world is they have one, like... They have two a year. Like, so there's, like, the... This is, like, the summer and the winter kind of thing. <laughs> where, like, Art Basel is where everybody gets to go to Miami, you know, with nice weather. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, it's... And a reason to so get like, out the cold. Yeah, yeah. So they go out there. It's, like, before Christmas. So it's, like, already everybody's expected to spend money and shop kind of thing. So it's, yeah. like, a... Yeah, it's almost like a fashion week for sure. But then there's also, like, freeze week, which happens uh, in spring. And it's, like, the same situation except it's in New York. So there's, like... But basically, these things, it's, like, galleries from all over the world. Um, basically get like a booth and um so they pay rental fees you know so like it's like this really expensive production of of things and you know massive crowds come you know it's like millions of people go through these art fairs in miami and new york and shit so it's pretty crazy so the one in miami's i mean it's kind of relatively new isn't it only maybe less than 20 years yeah i think it's less than that yeah um relatively new for sure um, but I think part of that was just like, uh, I think there was a period in Miami's like history where they were rebuilding their downtown, uptown sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So like once, once Miami got like, my, became Miami, I say like in the nineties when, um, sort of like club scenes and like, you know, pop culture was sort of integrating more. Yes. Yeah, when uh, they got their shit together. Yeah, right, exactly. Like after like post Scarface type drug dealers and shit like that. Like they they finally like made it to where they had like people from all over the world like wanting to like live or Yeah, it's cool to be shit. back in Miami. Yeah, it's cool to be back in Miami. So basically they they made it a art hotspot. And so hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool though. Like, I remember first hearing about it, like, just because, like, Jay-Z went, and it was, oh, Jay-Z went to Art Basel, you know, like, <laughs> you don't even know what that means, it's like, yeah. it's basically, he just, he goes to an art show, and it's not just an art show, it's literally like, he walks into a warehouse, and there are probably one to three hundred different gallery spaces, or solo artist booths, and you you basically spend hours just looking at art, so you get overloaded. Yeah, I'm sure it's not that. really honestly. I don't think it's like it's fun. I think the best part about it is there's like after party situations. Yeah, hell, so I can like, imagine there's hella parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's the coolest part. Honestly, is is like what happens after you know or in between the fairs. Like there's a lot of cool networking experiences and things happening during the fairs and there is a lot of dope art like a lot of artists you know make stuff specifically like for you know the fairs or like have have that in mind while they're creating um just because the audience is different you know um collector base is different sometimes so um yeah it's pretty interesting nina chanel abney 
Um, she's an artist based out of New York, Newark, New Jersey, but she works a lot in New York out here in the city. But she just got picked up by a gallery called Jack Shaneman, and uh, they're a big gallery in Chelsea, uh, mm-hmm. the Chelsea Arts District. So um, basically, she just got in with like a almost blue chip kind of gallery, like a super high end. Um, she's like in her thirties, young young thirties. Um, but basically, it's, this is her first time being um, with a gallery of that caliber, like in Miami Basel, and like she does large scale like mural type paintings they're very bright um but they have a lot to do with like police brutality and just sort of like um race relations um so they almost look kid-like but they're like very sharp and well executed um they're really flat like shape kind Mm -hmm. of almost cut out style um but i just want to shout shout out nina chanel abney for um grinding because uh i met her like just last year and uh she had a studio at the Gateway Projects in Newark, and um, she ended up being a mural artist that was doing uh, what's now the largest mural on the East Coast. Uh, there were like 15 different artists selected, and she was one of those artists. I was an artist assistant, so I got to see her there. But now, you know, it's just like she's got a big installation. Basically, her unveiling for Jack Shaneman is happening at um, Miami Basel right now. So, and what was her name again? Nina. Nina Chanel Abney. Shout Abney. out to Nina. Check your yeah, stuff out. Definitely dope. So how do you get into like Art Basel? Is invite only for an artist? Like yeah. how do you get your work into it? <laughs> I mean, I would say Art Basel is like 90% invite only. Or like you have to be a gallery and have stacks. Like I'm talking stacks. Like salary type money sometimes, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm sure, like, Jack Shaman, the gallery that I was talking about that reps Nina Sh- Chanel Abney, I'm sure their booth was probably, like, thirty to $50,000, <laughs> like, just for the booth at my, mm-hmm. at. so if you think about it, if a gallery's throwing down, you know, 50 racks to just to have a space to show, like, their artists and shit, that just lets you know, like, the caliber of art that they yeah, sell. Yeah, it's gotta like, be. What kind of collectors they're top, attracting. Top of game. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so, like, invite, you know, those those types of galleries are getting invited. Um, there's certain artists that, like, you know, have that sort of aesthetic. Um, some certain fairs, like the Prism Art Fair, will do an invite to artists and not so much just galleries. So it'll be galleries and artists. Um, but they do it like an open call so they can do, a, like, a selection, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like everybody that they invite happens to get in, but. Um, so I'm assuming if you get in there, you're probably going to be making a lot of money that weekend. That's uh, you know, I would say fifty fifty. You know, all the artists always hope so, and mm-hmm. I've seen often that their hopes do come true, but sometimes when they don't, they come back and you know it's like oh, you know, I met some people, but you know, the pieces I had up didn't sell. But I met but some you people. Do get- you know, you do get some good eyes, like, on your stuff, so. Oh, yeah, great eyes. Like I said, you know, I was name-dropping celebrities that go and, you know, yeah. nine times out of ten, if if you're in the right place, they're going to, like, at least glance at it, you know. And, yeah. So all I'm saying is when you get into one of these, you know, Basils, I just want a ticket, dog. <laughs> you want a ticket. I just want a Shoot. ticket. I don't even got to be at the show. You just give me an after party, man. <laughs> hey, yo, those after parties will be on. I'm like, I've been talking to a few people that are out there right now. They're like, yo, uh, like a friend of mine apparently got invited to like Chris Jenner's after party and shit. Like, oh God. like I'm telling you, like celebrities be out there. Like, that's one I might artists. have to turn down though. Hey, I'm not saying you need to get caught in any gender d- drama, you know, don't get in that trap. <laughs> I talked about it last week, man. They're no hey, good. Kendall Jenner will walk over it. I heard you were a basketball player, Dario. I heard oh, you were no, CEO. That's something I don't need in my life. I'm going to right now. You want that little boost? That little social media boost? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm definitely good. Oh, man. So, uh, you see anything good lately? Um, oh, yeah. There's a uh, a big show going on at the Met Brewer, uh, which is the... 
the Whitney's old museum space in uh, Midtown. It's like off Madison Avenue where all the fancy shops and shit are. But um, the Met Brewer has a show that's Carrie James Marshall, um, basically a retrospective, like a survey of his works over like several decades. Um, Carrie James Marshall, he's a black uh, sort of mid career, I guess, but very well-established artist. I'd say he's, like, in his 50s. Um, But, yeah, he's a black male artist who um, creates work, like, particularly about blackness and the figure and um, sort of environments where black people exist and interact. Uh, So he has, like, very commonplace settings like a bedroom or like the outside of an apartment complex um but he paints the figures very starkly black um he tends to use all black like without hints of color but then he started to add more shade into the color but uh the show's really dope um he's an artist that i've been looking at for a while you know since i started this thing almost a decade ago starting to look at what artists are doing it big. He's always been one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, if you're in New York, go to the Met Brewer and check out the Carrie James Marshall show. That shit's fire. Uh, it's two floors of the building, so, you know, you get to see a lot of his work. And uh, what's cool about it is um, this is sort of a new museum trend with, like, retrospective and survey shows where um, either the artist or the curators of the show um, pick out artworks from the permanent collection of the institution that uh the artist gained inspiration from um or was like influenced by throughout their career or at a particular time in their career so there's like one particular section where you walk through and it's a bunch of paintings or and or sculptures that carrie james selected from uh the met uh permanent collection that showcase artists that he's inspired by and that he looks at so you get to see different artists um styles and like sort of little bits and pieces that he he references and takes and puts in his own work so i thought that was a cool little space too interesting but yeah that's sort of a trend a lot of people are doing that now um which is kind of cool it reminds me of this guy fred wilson um he's actually he was one of my mentors at uh, the School of Visual Arts. Um, but basically, he kind of, one of his most famous art projects was uh, taking pieces from the museum's permanent collection um, and sort of just, like, placing them together um, in a way that suggests a different kind of information. Like, he had one where it was, a uh, like, a whipping post, like, a full-fledged, like, wooden post for whipping slaves and shit. Um, then he just put that wooden post in a corner, and then he had these, like, super, like, fancy handmade Victorian chairs just, like, facing the whipping post. And that was just, like, an installation he had from, like, the museum's permanent collection. So, like, just those artifacts in a space together when they're never together, you know, like, sort of created something new. Um, but I, I feel like he was, like, one of the guys that, that started this whole, like, dive into the museum archive and show, um, but I can also start from real life. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but I remember going to like the Vincent Van Gogh retrospective. They had a traveling show when I was out in Denver, and uh, every now and then they would have a painting from like one of his inspirations right next to the painting um, that he made, and you could like see one to one how uh, they were related to each other and like who he's looking at, and you got to see a real progression of like Van Gogh, you know, finally getting to his later style. Or it was his own style and not so much copying others. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds dope. So if you're in the area, definitely go check that out. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about you know some of the upcoming movies that are coming out over the next couple of weeks mm. that you should definitely check out. Um, first, uh, Nerdland comes <laughs> out, I think, tomorrow. Nerdland. Yeah. I did a reaction to this trailer. Um, it says Hannibal Burris, Paul Rudd, Patton Oswalt, and it's made by the producers of Zombieland, which I love. Um, it's like an animated adult 
movie. Uh, the art, like the art style and direction is pretty interesting and actually looks kind of funny. So, mm-hmm. but it's only coming out in select theaters. Oh, okay. It's like, uh, it was like an indie film and did the whole, you know, film festivals and got like a lot of good ratings. So it, it got its way into like certain theaters. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so, um, this Friday, Nocturnal Animals. Um, starring like Jake Gyllenhaal and I think Amy Adams. Oh. It's like a thriller. It actually looks really interesting. Yeah. Kind of the, got the whole Gone Girl vibe going for it. Hmm. It'll probably be alright. Maybe like a date. So, movie. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's, well, I like some of his stuff, so. Right. I, I think, uh, that could be decent. Next weekend, Collateral Beauty, uh, Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Looks like a... More serious drama, kind of <laughs> holiday type of film. Yeah, it looks like a kind of Seven Pounds. Have you seen Will Smith and Seven Pounds? That movie. I've only seen that movie one time, and I won't watch it again. <laughs> good, very good movie. Yeah. It's just very fucking depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because, like, he's a hero for killing himself. But, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> and it's not as straightforward what? as that, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. in this new one, it, it doesn't come to that. <laughs> and then, um, we get La La Land, which is, like, the musical with, um, I forget his name. Um, it's Ryan Gosling. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Ryan Gosling and um, what's the redhead chick's name from Superbad and the Spider-Man reboots? Oh, um, shit! What is? <laughs> I, I forgot her name. But oh, that Stone. comes out. It's Emma, Stone. I, Emma Stone. Yeah. Emma Stone. It's like a musical, LA kind of modern, like a mix of modern and like 1950s mm. kind of. Like, I think John Legend's like a, in there too. Yeah, he, John Legend's in there too. And he's like up and coming, or he's trying to become like an aspiring musician and own his own jazz cafe or something. And she's like trying to become an actress. It's like wow. a very Hollywood type of. Flick, yeah. so I mean, if you're into musicals, it's getting good ratings. I'm not into musicals, so I probably won't see it. <laughs> I'll probably check it out just to see. But you know, it is coming out that weekend. What? Rogue One, the Star Wars story. Oh, for real? December sixteenth. I know. I keep forgetting. Like the year is coming to a close so fast that I like. Yeah, it's coming up quick, man. <laughs> like, damn, that's already coming up. It already broke every record that came out this year for movies. Um, I think I already sold more <laughs> than uh, I think Doctor Strange's opening night. Wow! Just already. off of pre-sale tickets. Right. So, it just needless to say, it's going to be a uh, a big movie. Yeah, I mean, I heard George Lucas digs this one more than, uh, like, The Force Awakens. It looked way more interesting than Force Awakens. Like, it looked like it's it's actually, like, an original-ish story mm-hmm. instead of rehashing what I already saw. Right. Which is Force Awakens, which I've already talked about, which is <laughs> not a good movie. It's basically a remake. <laughs> yeah, it's people... W- Highly overrated. Star Wars. I mean, South Park got it right. That was Highly the worst wood. That was the worst Star Wars. Ooh. Um. <laughs> Don't you think so? I, that has to go to the Phantom Menace for me. Oh, are you serious? Because I've rewatched, oh, I've re-watched all boring. of them before I saw the movie. <clears throat> and I rewatched Phantom Menace. And at first I was like, man, I, it wasn't that bad when I watched it as a kid. And I rewatched it and I was like, yeah. It was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I think I was just blinded by how cool Darth Maul looked, even though he had like three lines. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think Phantom Menace is still better than Force Awakens. 
I, I no, I can't give it better than Force Awakens. I have to. You know, Force Awakens is the Phantom Menace one of my was like favorites. that's like started the whole like I don't know, man. It was only good. The only good thing about it was Darth Maul. That was the shit, though. That's, we have never. That's when they gave us fucking Jar Jar Binks. Before or since seen garbage. the double handed, the, the double sided saber. We never. We don't get to see that anymore. He's the only. Yeah, one. he was the coolest looking villain, but he was on the screen for a total of like 10 minutes. <laughs> the Quagon Jin fight, though, was one of my best, my favorite Star Wars fights. I mean, Star. Yeah. Star Wars fights. For me, it's probably episode, I guess, what, four now? And then episode six. Oh, yeah. For me, probably episode four, episode three, which is highly underrated. People like the show because it's in the prequels, but that was fucking good. Yeah. Episode six, episode five, two, seven, one. <laughs> That's clear. Come at me, come at me, uh, Star Wars fans. Episode one. I love how you did that. That shit's so funny. Okay, okay. <laughs> But I can see some episode of your three. reasons, though. I mean, because Yoda was getting more action in the in the first few you mentioned. Like, he wasn't... Like, Yoda actually had relevance. <laughs> a lot of people had relevance. Episode 3 was a good fucking movie. Like, you have to watch it again. I'll watch it again. It's actually a good fucking movie. Alright. I, I rewatched all of them, and I was like, that was legitimately, like, good. Like, I don't know why I get so much shit because of the prequels, but that was, like, a good fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to watch that one. Again. Seven, seven is that? Eh. I'll put it this way: I've only seen seven once. <laughs> I have felt no need to rewatch it again. Nah, don't. Yeah, it's all good. No need. So, Word. thank you, JJ Abrams. <laughs> but the re well, the reboot king. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh man. Oh, I did see this. You got anything else? I saw this um, comedian on Netflix the other day because we were talking about comedians and like how none, yeah, how, they're, how they're all so whack ass nowadays. Yeah, there was this dude, yeah. um, Michael Shea. I just like, never knew who he was, but um, apparently he was like briefly with John Stewart, and like he's worked as a writer for SNL. But um, he's a young guy. He seems he looks like he's in his twenties still and stuff, but. If you get a chance, watch his special. He hit, like it looks like his first um, comedy special. Um, but he says some pretty pretty funny stuff. You know, he's pretty on topic, current. You know, doesn't shy away from being black. <laughs> but uh, he's almost like he's like the dark skinned American version of Trevor Noah. <laughs> like Trevor Noah's hit and miss. For me. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Is like he's like the American black guy version so it's gonna be hit or miss but there's gonna be stuff that you're gonna like think is dope and funny as shit well I will watch none of you comedians <laughs> cause Dave Chappelle just signed what was it a three special deal four special deal with Netflix yeah. for like a 60 mil or something like Thanks. that <laughs> he's coming for his crown he's coming back he's back comedy is coming back he came back for one Thanks episode of SNL and the world was like we everybody felt good again. Like <laughs> I was, so I don't need I don't I don't need to taint. I feel like taint my comedy with anybody else. Yeah, I feel like Dave Chappelle ruined SNL for me because he showed me how good they could be again. Like, like they could actually be like some like really entertaining mixed in with like some just eh okay stuff. And like most of the time they're just like eh okay. So now it's Trump. That's their best stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when politics are happening, whoever's got the best they're impression, that. they're gonna be yeah. They're they're good they're at impressions good at of people doing serious things that we think are funny. That's Jay Farrell. Jay Farrell. Yeah, and that's why I never mentioned him. Like, does he even have a, a special? He probably does. That's uh, not something I would want to see. Yeah, no. I mean, what I would like to see is if if he could do like only one impression for. Like a 45, 30 minute set. I don't, you think you could do that? I don't actually consider him like an actual comedian. <laughs> I call him, he's an impressionist, but. I don't even think he's an impressionist. I think he just learned like seven to like 10 people like impressions and then was like, oh, I'm good. Like, I don't think he adds people. He might, but 
I mean, it worked. It worked. Because <laughs> we're him now, so. I know. He was kind of good. I we know like. his name. In what, yeah, so I guess, hey, it worked. Who's better impressions, him or Ari Spears? I don't know. I would say I like Aerie Spears' impressions more. Because I feel like... Aerie Spears is funny. I feel like... I would say that yeah, that's, way better So, comedian. like, for me, I think Aerie Spears, like... I don't know. He's... He just doesn't give a fuck as much. Like, I feel like Jay Farrow, like, says stuff, but, like, I don't really care. Like, I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. He's kind of cheesy. All these cornball comedians. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for this generation. <laughs> for real. Y'all don't know what real comedy is? Shit. The old stuff. But, um, I think that's it. That's all I got for this week. Yeah. There wasn't too much else I could think of. Um, I did put a post up. We have voting going on now for the best of the month for November. Meaning the best album, yeah, yeah, best trailer, and best music video. So go on over, cast your votes, and the next couple of days we'll have a we'll have a decision for a winner. Yeah, bring those votes in. Let us know because I want to know. I I think we need more votes. I want to make sure <laughs> that this doesn't just seem like we're picking our favorites, you know. But uh, there's some hot stuff. Y'all y'all gotta. You know, get on the page. Who's the best of the month? November. Vote for that. Or, I mean, yeah. Yeah, go vote. Um, and I'll just say, just for the film trailers, it's not just solely based off a trailer. It's kind of also what you think is the most exciting upcoming movie out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So, take that into consideration. Yeah. What are you most excited for? But other than that, thanks for joining us for episode eight of the Fearless Show. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Keep living life fearless. It's your boy, artist Darius Walker, and your host, Dario Hunt. Peace. Deuces.